The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Grab podcast. I am Mike Stevens from Sports Illustrated and the Hockey News, and sitting across from me is the one, the only future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how you doing? Crazy week, crazy weekend. What what's what's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, well, I'd be like super appreciative if the weather didn't change every four and a half seconds as to cause me migraines. Oh, I hate it. Um. Yeah, and I'm obviously watching gymnastics in the Olympics because my friends are competing, and so I'm. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the only things that could get me up at like four o'clock in the morning. It's them. So I've been super enthralled with that. Um, and by the time you all hear this, we will know if Simone Biles has won five all-around golds, like the absolute goat that she is. I don't know if I have any friend that's good enough for me to wake up at 4 a.m. to watch them do gymnastics. My roommate, like my old roommate, remember how I used to complain about my roommates on this podcast? My one roommate Mm. that I really, really liked is in the Olympics (laughs) right now. What? Yeah, yeah, though she's in, um, like, in athletics. Like, she's on the track team. Like, the one that, like, the... No, 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 not not the crazy one. Um, no, but I mean, like, you mean, like, you act, like, the people you just lived yeah, with. Yeah, one of them is in the Olympics. She was only there for a couple months, because then she had to, like, move to train for the Olympics, because that's a yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, she's in Tokyo right now, so best of luck to her. Shout out Lou, we love you. And she's going to kill it. She's the best. Her and her sister at the Olympics. So, like, talk about proud parents. <laughs> I want to talk about the 14-year-old who finished fourth in swimming and also the 13-year-old gold medalist in skateboarding. What were you doing at 13 I mean, and 14? Was it that? Jerking off, probably. <laughs> Ew. Like, that's, I don't know. Like, it's that's about it. Like, or growing a sick neck beard, because that's all I could do. You know, like, that's, those are my two things. That was a great... That was a great 13-year-old. No, like, for real. That was... Okay, I was doing a little it, bit more. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were doing a little bit more. But, like, the average 13-year-old is doing nothing of consequence. Right. They are playing video games and dropping, you know, and, and dropping heinous terms <laughs> yeah. in a Call of Duty group. Call of Duty um, Smashing keyboards lobby. over their head. You know what they're not doing is qualifying and making finals and potentially winning mm. the Olympics. What I do want to say, though, that just because you are just because you grow up does not mean that you stop smashing controllers because in the middle of quarantine and we were reminiscing about this the other day. um, (laughs) First of all, Steve is well aware that he has hockey tape on his controller because he has tried to smash his before. And there was a guy we had a bad game and there was a guy on my team who will remain nameless. It's not it's not Myrtle. It's not Ian. Damn it. it. and it's not me. So I, I, Ian, Ian, the thing is, Ian will mess up and he'll just take the, like, he'll just take it. Like, he'll mess up and he'll be like, guys, that was on me. I'm so sorry. That we was love it. Ian, the accountable teammate. 
Yo, for real, he is the most accountable person I've ever met. Like, he 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 apologizes for stuff that isn't even his fault. And it, like, pisses me off. I'll be like, Ian, shut up. Like, you didn't have anything to do with that play. It's not your fault. It's Jim's fault. Like, but there was, like, we had a bad game, and one of the guys got so mad. And then, so we all logged off. And then, like, two hours later, we get a picture in the group chat. And it's just a picture of his Smash controller in, his gar- in a garbage can. Okay, <laughs> so moral it. of the story there is... Uh, None of the people we just described were winning Olympic medals. Yeah, myself, James Myrtle, Ian Tullick, you know, Tic Tac Tomar. Not, we're not we're not winning gold medals. Rachel's friends are. My friends are not. So that just kind of shows. That just kind of goes to show you, you know, who is who. But this is going to be a bit of an int- bit of a different show today because so much. No headlines. There's no plot points. <laughs> yes, spoilers. Rachel is just about to say that. Um, yeah, there, we're we're not we're not going to do any of the any of the uh, yeah like you said headlines or plot points because so much has happened specifically it seemed to all happen on Friday. Um, well, Rachel was in a pool. <laughs> yeah, you were in a pool, and I was literally I was strapped to my desk. I wrote five articles, and then I wrote four the next day. Then I wrote a big one also the next day that should be coming out hopefully soon. Um, you want know, like just crazy stuff. So we're gonna go over those, talk about it because man, the NHL landscape, the NHL world changed while we were away. Like, I literally ended up Haley Salvian turned me into a meme on Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's fantastic. Like it's it it. So let, let's hop Pikachu into it. Rachel, that is the title of this podcast. So why don't we why don't we like hop into the trade that made you react that way? You know, should we start there? We should start there. We should start there. Rasmus Ristolainen, um is now a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyera are back in action. Oh, and, they are, yes, the Flyera. And in going back Buffalo's way is Robert Hag, a 2023 second round pick a, and a 2021 first round pick, which was then used to select Isaac Rosen. What the fuck? This is one of those gross overpayments I've ever seen. I was... um. At my best friend's house. And I took the day off on Friday. Congratulations to me, because anyone who knows me knows I don't do day off. Ever. Um, But I was like, I need a day off. My friggin' body is, like, dead. Um, So I'm in the pool, like, you know those, like, pool noodles that I posted the Instagram picture of? And, like, you can fill them up with water and then you blow them out. Like yeah. of this, okay. I was doing that like a five year old, and she goes, Rasmus Ristolainen got traded. And I was like, What? Then she turns on her video, but I didn't realize she had done that because I was just like floating around. And so immediately she's like, This is what he got traded for. And I thought she was re- like, she was reading it off her phone, but she was filming me at the same time. And she goes, Um, a first round pick, a second round pick, and Robert Haig. And I was like, uh, a, a what? A who? Who is who? Who else is in that deal? And she goes, "No, it's just Rasmus Ristolainen." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. That's not true. There's Sam Reinhardt's in that deal." Nope. And, and nope, he definitely wasn't. And so, thus, Rachel became Pikachu. And um, I feel like my reaction in the pool kind of summed it up. Like that is genuinely one of. The worst trades I've ever seen. And then, of yeah. course, naturally, that clip of Ristolainen owning himself along the boards and, like, falling down resurfaced again, which is one of the best clips of the last three years. 
Yeah, this is legitimately one of the worst trades I've ever seen. Like, point blank. I, I have no idea what the thought process... Like, well, I do have an idea of what the thought pro- process was. It was it's toughness. Philadelphia. <laughs> literally, like... And I, I did instant reaction for every trade that happened this day, and so I wrote in that piece, like, like Rasmus Solan, he can't do any of the things that you want from a defenseman, really. And the only reason why he has this is because he just ha- so happened to be born with like the physical frame and shot handedness that tends that is is overvalued around the league or va- or maybe not overvalued but valued no, around I, the league yes overvalued well overvalued now B- i guess big man shoot right and yeah literally <laughs> that's it like if he if if Rasmus literally was a left shot and this 2 would, inches shorter no but even just even just a left shot like he, like he'd be, he'd be making like you know one million or or you know like so eight hundred grand. What's interesting is okay, Rasmus Ristolainen is um, decidedly not good. Well, you're gonna start there. I'm gonna qualify this. Okay, he's not good. I'm not gonna say that. However, I'm gonna say he sucks ass. That's gonna however, be nobody in Buffalo is good. Yeah. That organization is ass, except for Sam Ventura, who I definitely think had some input in this deal. Otherwise, Kevin Adams is not getting this kind of return for Ristolainen. Um, but what I will say is he's been playing, obviously, the top pairing minutes, not but doing not even, all that well. But then not um, last season. He didn't do it. He, he, they they pared down his minutes okay, last so season. What I was going to say is last season for Rasmus Ristolainen does not count because if you remember, oh, he yes, literally yes, came yes, out yes, and yes, said... Yes. I, I, Yep. I couldn't feel my lungs because of COVID. So anyone like to me, I, I'm throwing 2021 in the garbage can, especially yep. for guys that had COVID. I don't think it's fair to be evaluating on that. Um, now, he's going to go to Philadelphia. Obviously, Ryan Ellis is going to play the top pair minutes. I hope to God, for all Flyers fans sake, I hope Ryan Ellis is playing the top minutes. So now he's playing on the second pair. So... Hopefully, Philly can get him back on track, and players do benefit from a change of scenery. However, this is an abomination of a trade. Like, he you, would he have gave to... gave up Shane Gostis Bear and assets to get rid of him to acquire a worse asset. Like, I, do, I don't get it. Yeah, it's like... I'm trying to think of a good... Ex- it's like trading in, you know, like a, like a, a good Honda Civic because you wanted a faster car. And so you gave away, like, you know... You gave away $500 and your Honda Civic. Actually, and in I have an analogy for you. All right. What's your analogy? It's, go. I'm going to use your car analogy. All right. Okay. Go. It's like leasing a Honda Civic or no, a Subaru. Like, the, you know, the ones that get all like souped up. I, like, yeah, like, but I hate yeah. Subarus, though. <laughs> right. But it's like leasing a Subaru that goes really fast and is really like offensive, let's say. But then you realize you don't want that anymore. So you pay the lease penalty on it to get rid of it, which is the draft picks. And then you go out and you buy a big mean truck that's going to explode in two years. And you pay for that one, too. So you pay to get rid of the better car and you pay for the bad car. And the truck also has it has a like it has a track record of being a shitty car too, a shitty truck. Like has a track record of Dodge Ram. It has a track record of like spilling all of your debris out the back, like that you're trying to you <laughs> like to carry around in the truck. Like it's just, it's it's what we're trying to say here is it's a bad trade, and Philly is like I didn't hate like we're gonna talk about it later. Like I didn't hate the the Vorchak for Atkinson trade, and I didn't hate the um, and I didn't hate the the Ryan Ellis trade. Like I think getting Ryan Ellis is you know fantastic job for them. He's got a deal long long term deal, not a crazy cap it, but this. 
whole, like, holy shit, this is the kind of trade that fucks you. Like, this is the kind of trade that screws you for a long time. Like, not only is it the cap hit, but you're paying $5.5 million to a guy who is basically, like, a replacement-level defenseman, if that. And You could have just paid that to Shane Gostisbehere to be better. But he's not big less man than that. who hits. You could have paid less than that. You yeah. could have paid he, Shane Gosper's making 4.75. This guy's making 5.5. You could have saved money on that and kept the second round pick that you threw away. But instead, you add another second round pick in 2023 and a 14th, like the 14th overall. It's just, it's absurd. So I, I, I it's, it's insane that this happened. I couldn't believe my eyes. And it just, I, like, the, clearly there was something wrong. In that locker room last year, clearly something was rotten and broken, and I guess they thought that this was the way to go about. Like they're going about, the team looks completely different for and next year. And I'd be year. like, we're gonna get into Cam Atkinson later because that trade did not even hit the radar for me. Oh, like, it didn't I, even that didn't even hit the radar for anyone. Like so much was happening that no one gave a shit. Yeah, which is crazy because like that was like fourteen million dollars in salary. It's a big deal, and yet. Here we go. And so, yeah, I just I just think it's it's ridiculous. And speaking Philly, of Buffalo, look, I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of Buffalo. Also, Sam Reinhart to Florida for Devin Levi and a 2022 first round pick. Now, this is how you tank. Like, this is how you tank. OK, so I. Like Sam Reinhart, I love what Florida's doing. Right, yeah, they yeah, blocked I do up too. Sam Bennett today to a little too much money in terms yep. for my liking. But Definitely. in terms of who they have, you've got Barkoff and Huberto, you've got Reinhardt now, you've got Duclair, you've got um, uh, Sam Bennett. Like there, there's a lot of good pieces there. Um, and then you look on the back end, you've got Uyghur and Ekblad. Like there's there's a lot happening there. That's good. And then in net, you have Spencer Knight and. Uh, a bag of money. Um, yeah, like, I I liked this. Um, Devin Levi is the goaltender who won gold for Canada at the World Juniors this past year. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't think he's going to be an NHL starter. I think he's more of an, a 1B kind of guy. But, hey, that's an asset that is useful if you're Buffalo. Um, yeah, and then you need players. First, and a first-round pick, like, of course, you take that. So... Um, I thought that was good. There's not like Sam Reinhart is, um, he's probably, he's going to play in the top six, probably going to play on the top line with Barkov and Huberto potentially. Um, I think they're probably going to resign Verhage as well. So like, it's a pretty formidable top, like nine at this point. Um, I'm a really big fan of it. A lot of them are signed to really valuable deals. Although Barkov is up at the end of this year and that is problematic, <laughs> Uh, for the salary cap situation. But yeah, I really liked the addition of Reinhardt. Um, he clearly wasn't going to re-sign in Buffalo as an RFA. And so Buffalo gets quite a bit for him. Buffalo did a good job recouping assets, right? Like if you look at it, they 100%. two first round picks, um, a second round pick, a useful defenseman and a prospect for a dude who cannot play defense and a good hockey player. Yeah. Right. So like if you flip the returns, if I told you that Sam Reinhardt got you a first, a second and Robert Hogg, you'd be like, OK. And if I told you that Rasmus Ristolainen got you a first and Devin Levi, you'd be like, that's a lot. But OK. Everyone who went out the door in Buffalo is either bad 
and they sh- and should have gone out the door or doesn't fit their timeline for when they're pro- when they're at least hoping. I'm not going to say probably at least hoping to be good again. So I think it works out well. They added, like you said, they had another second round, uh, first round pick. So they have two next year and they have another they have another second round pick in the year after. I think that's great. Uh, a rare weekend full of wins for Kevin Adams. And it's funny, like you said. Except that, uh, not or, or Jack Eichel. <laughs> it's, it's, well, yes. But hey, hey, who knows, man? Apparently that's happening imminently. But the next couple days, like, uh, that's what they're saying. But it's really funny that, you know, coincidentally, they hire Sam Ventura. And suddenly, Kevin Adams is a genius. I wonder... Wonder what what the what the credit to Kevin Adams for probably listening to Sam Ventura. Yeah, yeah, man, credit for for getting out of his own way. That's great. All right, hire smart people and listen to them. Moral of the story. Exactly. All right, the New York and Rangers made a teams, trade. Yes, that should hire smart. Oh, well, okay, we can go with the Rangers. Um, the New York Rangers traded Pavel Buchnevich mm-hmm. to St. Louis for Sammy Blay and a 2022 second. This was and such an unnecessary trade. It pissed me off so was much. Stupid. <laughs> this was there so are unnecessary. There a lot of Rangers fans that are very upset, and yep. they should be because this team literally just said, uh, "Fuck skill. We want toughness." Because like Brennan Offman, as much as like he can shoot the puck, like he is the anti. Like he's the answer to Tom Wilson. Um, which, I mean, at least they didn't step up and draft Tyler Boucher because Ottawa did that like seven picks earlier, which was entirely stupid, but the Pierre Maguire effect, baby. Oh God. Um, yeah. Like giving up on Pavel Buzhnevich, who like was very clearly one of their better players last year. And then it being bandied about that. They might be trading Zabanajad as well. Like wh- what is going on? It's Chris Drury. He's trying to make his own stand. Like the he- only way you should be trading Zibanejad is if it's he's involved in an Eichel deal. Chris Drury, there was a lot of noise coming from Chris Drury before he took over as a general manager. Like a lot of, there's a lot of noise when he was in Buffalo and there's a lot of noise when he was on the Rangers. He's just, he seems like a guy who needs everyone to know I'm Chris Drury and I'm in charge. And this sounded like, it felt like a deal like that. Buchemich is a guy who he didn't acquire. Um, and he doesn't want his team to get pushed around. And so he's like, I'm going to get Sammy Blaze. That's that's the answer here. I actually like Sammy Blaze as a hockey player, but like... But not for not Pavel Buchnevich. Not for Buchnevich. That's, that's, that's absurd. And like... Uh, 2022 second great whatever but Buchnevich is like a first line player like he had a great season last year he's young he's not make he's not gonna make like a crazy amount of money he's an RVA he's not gonna make a crazy amount of money like he seems to fit the timeline of what you're going for why not and he's Russian and you want to keep the Russian guy the the big Russian you know ticket free agent that you signed who's who's was nominated for the heart the first year and and you know supposed to be part of the core of your team like, like it just this makes no sense. Why was he the guy who had Here's to go? Here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna sign a bunch of money and have this nice Russian man play really well for us, and then we're going to trade his best friend. That's gonna go well. Why um, was he the guy who went? Like, I, I feel uh, like there were so it's many been different options for quite like trading Pavel Buchnevich has been rumored for years. It's been bandied about behind the scenes. I don't know how it hasn't gotten out more, but like. Even, like, when I was in New Jersey, it was being talked about. Yeah, but so was, like, trading William Nylander and that, and we all know that's never going to happen. Like, well, it I shouldn't happen. It, well, that's because Kyle Dubas is the GM, and he believes in skill, and clearly Chris Drury does not. Clearly. Tom, Tom Wilson ruined that team, man. 
Like he ruined them. Oh, Tom Wilson. Did you see what um the Tampa Bay scouting director said? Oh my god, it was goddamn priceless. What do you say? I didn't so, see this. Al Murray's fed like I think the world of Al Murray. Um, well, yeah, if he's part of Tampa, then he's there. Clearly, he's doing a clearly and he's doing so, a good job. Um, they asked him what he thought, and uh, he said, "There's only one Tom Wilson in the league, and I think that's." probably best for everyone in the league that there is only one of them. <laughs> everyone went, fair enough, Al, fair enough. There's only one Jeffrey Dahmer in the world, and I think it's probably best that there's only one Jeffrey Dahmer for everyone. So, okay, yeah, let's you know, talk about uh, Vancouver and Arizona, because holy shit. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. Two just absolute garbage dumps of teams. <laughs> one, one in a literal sense, in that Arizona is where contracts go to die. Like they are, it is where you, you know, you're taking your contract dog out for a walk and your contract dog takes a shit and you put it in a bag and you dump it in a, in a bin that's labeled Arizona. That is what you do. It is absurd. And so in the last week, Arizona has acquired, has acquired Andrew Ladd, which is, you know, like a zombie contract. He's still playing, but I'm going to classify it as a zombie They've contract. They've acquired almost $30 million worth of cap space. Worth of cap space, though. And that's the key. Because it's cap <laughs> space. Because they're too poor to be an actual garbage can. They need to, like, with this deal, we'll get into, like, they're boggles my mind. They're a together garbage can. Oh, they are, like, you know, they are... Uh, I, I, I don't even like my brain is malfunctioning trying Anyways, to think of it. Okay. Yeah. So, so the trade is yes. Oliver Ekman Larson at 12% retained. So Oliver Ekman Why Larson. 12? 
at $7.26 million for six more years and Connor Garland, who I think very highly of. Yes, Con- that's a great pickup. Dylan Holy Gunther, fuck. who is a for, who was the first round pick. Louis Erickson, Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, a 2022 second round pick, a 2023 seventh round pick. So I'm going to break this down from a math perspective. On the cap, Erickson, Roussel, and Beagle are a combined $12 million. They expire this season. So yep. you would just have one more year. Okay. Dylan Gunther should not have been there at pick nine and is going to be an absolute snipe show for years to come in Arizona. Three uh, of those will be under an ELC, which is great value. Yep. And then you have Oliver Ekman Larson at uh, $7.26 million for six more for, years. Forever. And for Connor Garland. So I'm just doing some quick math. Um, let's say Connor Garland, now looking at Sam Bennett's deal, he's probably getting at least that. So let's call it around $5 million, okay? Okay. Now, let's assume Connor Garland's going to be worth $5 million because he's actually good. Do you mean to tell me that Vancouver said, we are in cap trouble, so we are going to trade away ten mil- or $12 million of cap space and give up three picks for this season to acquire... $12 million in cap space for the foreseeable future. Rachel, I just... Only to have his agent go on Vancouver radio and yep. say, uh, people don't like, players don't like playing in Canadian markets. Look at Montreal, for example. Mark Bergevin does this great job building a cup team, and then he makes one draft pick and they want him to be fired. He actually said that. <laughs> Which is... A choice. I'm going to throw hands with this agent. Yeah. So Kevin Epp is the only person defending that pick. So congratulations to him. Um, But yeah, Vancouver getting rid of $12 million in cap space was the right idea. If only they didn't acquire probably $12 million in cap space. They 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 dumped all their bad contracts and immediately replaced it with a bad contract that almost equals all like the rest and for longer. Like they could have... Like just wait out a year. This is this is this is a Jim Benning move. This is Jim Benning going like I have one more year to be good. So like I can't I can't afford to well, wait. That's what they said on Vancouver radio is like if they don't get into the playoffs next year, heads will roll. And I'm like, then you should the head should be rolling now. Like it was so emb- honestly, Mikey. I don't know if you saw this, but it was so embarrassing. They showed a video of the Canucks draft room and and like you know how they have like the scouts sitting there and they have like their yeah. name tags there. Jim Benning was not even Jim Benning was sitting in the head scouts like Ron DeLorme spot. Ron DeLorme was sitting in Jim Benning's spot and another oh scout was sitting in another like they can't even sit in the correct spots. They can't even fall. They can't like how are they ex- expected to follow a, a salary cap when they can't even follow a seating chart? <laughs> yeah, like, 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 come on. This is not hard. It, it is to them. Like it's this. This is one of the it's most embarrassing. Like, straight up like, most incompetent. Like organizations, like not organizations, like management groups I've ever seen. Like everything they do is bad. And and this you have is like another. some members of management running Twitter burner accounts yelling at Vancouver fans. Exactly. Now, here's the thing. Like Connor Garland, great pickup. He's young. He oh, probably yeah. won't cost a ton. That's a, that's a great person you can add to your young core that I think can go forward. Add him to 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 Hughes. So Harmon Dial, who we've had on this podcast, put yeah. out what he thinks the top three lines should be, and I wholeheartedly agree with him. What is so, it? So, JT Miller, Elias Pettersson, provided they get him signed, and Brock Besser. Second line, Nils Hoaglander, Bo Horvat, Connor Garland, provided they get him signed. 
Yes. Third line, Tanner Pearson, provided they get him signed. He is, uh, he is Jason, signed. Is he? Oh, no, he is signed. It's He signed uh, a it's, weirdly, like, a, a, an unnecessary right. extension. Uh, right. Uh, Josh, uh, Jason Dickinson and Vasily Podkolzin, the rookie out of Russia. Those are three pretty good lines. Assuming they get Jason Dickinson signed. It was Jason Dickinson they had to sign, not Pearson. Thank you. I mixed that up. But yeah. Okay. So you know what? Those are three, like, that's good. We, we like, we like that. That, that's a good combination. However, that back end is, uh, a problem. Quinn Hughes, who you, uh, need to get signed to put it politely, uh, then you have Tyler Myers signed until the end of time at a contract he's not worth. Now you have Oliver Ekman Larson signed until the end of time. They're rumored yes. to be bringing back Travis Hamanick. Like, can we, is it, what is, why? Well, like, what are you doing? <laughs> we like, need what, to, what's the plan over here? Yeah, like, we, we need to get bad contracts off the books. We're going to do that by acquiring another bad contract. It's also like, this is, it's like they're going for a cup run, but their cup run is the first round. Like, literally, it's like, like, we're going all in for the first round. We know this team is not going to win a Stanley Cup, but we know, but I think we're just good enough for us to, you know, just for us to, to, to get in the first round, save Jim Benning's job, and we'll be good to go. Like, Jim, like, why is he still there? Why, why does Francisco Aquilini think that this guy who has failed at every opportunity is going to somehow succeed now? Now that, now that the stakes are higher and the situation he's in is harder. There's a flat cap now. He's never been good at, at, at managing a salary cap when it wasn't flat. And now he's got less space than ever. It, it, ah, he Rachel. honestly, like, to me, I think Benning would have been fired had we not been in a panini. And yeah, but I think a lot of things would have happened if we hadn't been in a pandemic. No, but, but this is one of those things where the Aquilini's lost a ton of money in the pandemic, like more so than other owners, uh, because of the nature of the businesses that they have outside of hockey. So they legitimately could not afford to pay someone else and fire Jim Benning because he has a couple years left on his deal. But then, like... Then promote a guy. Yeah, like... Just do, no offense, but just do what the Devils did with Fitzy, which is not pay him any more money to run the team. Yeah, like just promote a just guy. Just do that. But then you even also, if it's a like, one year, you, even if it's one year. John Weisbrod is he's probably dumber than Jim Benning, so like I don't no, know I if know. You want to go down that route. But they they like I don't know make make the Sedins the interim GMs. Like who cares? Like and, and then but, they bring in the Sedins. They bring in the Sedins to shield people from criticism. It's not going to okay, work, man. Let's talk about a team that got a whole lot worse and a team that got a whole lot better in the same trade. Yes, absolutely. So this was my favorite trade of the whole weekend because it wasn't just a, like an overpayment. It was it, it was an overpayment <laughs> assets and then money. So Chicago Black, the Chicago Blackhawks, who are a piece of shit, garbage, disgusting organization, who used um, women to as make a it shield seem like they were on the up and up, which no, the, no, no, no. no one's buying that. Rachel, they literally used, they literally had a human shield of women. Did you see Bettman's face when he saw the women standing up there? Yep. He was like, ah. Uh, he was like, what is he's going like, on? Stan, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, he was just like, Stan, I'm trying to cover for you here. This is not helping. Yeah, Stan, could you just not? 
Ugh. And so, anyway, or they could have done what the Sharks did, and just instead of having your GM who's in the spotlight, you just let your amateur scouting director make the pick, and because that guy's not in the spotlight, I don't even know who it is. Like, let him make the pick, and then no one has to see Stan Bowman, right? They, Anyways, their their defense, their defense for that scandal oh, was to get a literal human shield of women. Of women, absurd. <laughs> anyway, so then. In terms of hockey, they also had a dog shit weekend because they acquired Seth Jones from the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange. Well, also, and the thir- and they acquired Seth Jones in the 32nd pick in the 2021 draft, who ended up being Nolan Allen. Who and a six- was, like, not even ranked on EP. Really? Like, I think he may have been in the third round. Like, there, we had our top players available for Chicago were Stankoven and Pinelli. Mm-hmm. And Atu Ratu, both of that, like all three of those players went, I think it was like 42, 49, and like 52, respectively. I'm going to be real with you, Rachel. I fell asleep before that pick was, like, I, I fell asleep sitting up watching the draft. <laughs> I'm, I was like half in, half out, and then uh, some things happened with 31st pick, and I was wide awake and very angry. Anyways, so Chicago trades, uh, or Columbus trades Seth Jones. And they do a pick swap, so oh Nolan Allen, and a sixth rounder in 2022, of which then Chicago turns around and signs Seth Jones to an eight-year, $9.5 million contract extension. And Well, they and haven't technically done it yet because they got away. Like, who cares? This is done. a... Holy fuck, For man. <laughs> Columbus gets Adam Boquist, the 12th overall pick, which was Cole Sillinger, the 40th overall pick, which they then traded to acquire Jake Bean, and a first in 2022. This is like they got so much better from this trade. I want it like it's I haven't disgusting. actually disgusting. And so then quickly, just to like do yeah. finish the circle. So they got the 40th overall pick. Then Columbus yeah. flipped that to Carolina for Jake Bean, and Carolina ended up taking Scott Morrow. So that trade for Columbus turned out to be Adam Boquist, Cole Sillinger, Jake Bean, and whomever they get next year in the first round. But here's the kicker. If Chicago wins the lottery next year, that pick is then unprotected for 2023 when Connor Bedard and Matvey Mitchkov are the top two players in the draft. Connor Bedard is the next generational talent for yeah, anybody Connor, who doesn't know. If you didn't know, Connor Bedard is like the next one. He is the chosen it's one. It's essentially like the what people are equating this to is Connor Bedard and Matt Bamichkov are going to be the next generation's Crosby and Ovechkin. Like that's the Holy caliber shit. of player. So they could the Blackhawks could potentially have an unprotected first in that year, which is not great. Now, Columbus gets a defenseman that is incredible in Adam Boquist can run up the he's going to be their top guy on the power play already they get Cole Sillinger who should not even have been there when they were picking except Ottawa did a silly thing um and he is not only is he like an ass to play against but like he can really put the puck in the net yeah I've heard like he can really score then they get Jake Bean immediately like they just added Jake Bean and Adam Boquist and they already have Zach Wierenski. And they might re-sign this Patrick Laine. So that's a good one. <laughs> like it's like Columbus is they they were they were down pretty bad after last year and during last year just with the way it went. They've really found a way to kind of bring themselves out of the muck. Like it's it, it's looking pretty good. Like they they've been savvy. I love the so, Jake Bean pick. 
so their issue let's not forget they also took kent johnson at fifth overall and if you've been listening to this podcast or me at ep ringside i was extremely high on kent johnson i friggin love him i think him and eklund could probably be the best players in this draft in terms of like the most skill and like game-breaking talent and i was like thinking that kent johnson was gonna fall but good on them for taking that swing there because he has a set of absolutely disgusting hands um and so like to me columbus was the team that improved the most this like this yeah. weekend they improved the most and the the one thing that does need to be addressed is their inability to keep talent like if mm-hmm. you think about it oh Pinard, everyone's left. i don't even count Bobrovsky because he's not even good um but like he Seth was Jones he left, was though rick nash like this is a huge thing everyone and, everyone's left Right. And but what's interesting is like if you actually talk to guys like Cam Atkinson and like Nick Felino and whatever, they think the world of Columbus. I've been to Columbus quite a few times. It's an awesome city. And I think honestly, if Columbus were to start winning, and I think mm-hmm. they could with this young core, they have a bunch like a really good fan base. And I think that there's a lot of potential here. So I would really like to see some players stay and and some of these young players do really well and, and really help the team because I think that Columbus could really have something here if they if they could retain some bodies. I said it before, like I've used this example before. Like, you know what's not a great like not a great aesthetic place to live? Green Bay, Wisconsin. But you know where a lot of NFL players want to play? Green Bay, Wisconsin. Because they have a great history, but also because like they're good. And they have a chance to win every year. And, you know, like, it's... That, you know like, what it's, makes it's a, a destination. place attractive to play? Winning. W- winning, yeah. You know what? You know, I'm, I'm, sure a, I'm sure a lot of, like, you know, really good athletes probably would want to, you know, lounge on yachts on their off-season instead of living in a... Not an off-season, on their off-days, instead of living, you know, through, you know, Massachusetts winters. But a lot of guys sign with the Patriots because they want to win. Foxborough, New England is not a Foxborough, Massachusetts. It's not an enjoyable place to live, let me tell you. It's not a tourist destination, let's just say that. But, like, you know, a lot of people want to win. Columbus, I've said it before, like, Columbus could be, like, the the NHL's Green Bay, for example. Yeah, if they started winning, like, they absolutely could be. If they install themselves as, like, a small market team that just does things the right way, that builds talent internally, that has, a you know, a good, like, sort of, like, basis and everything, you attract talent there, and there's no distractions going there, boom, love it. All right, this, and can we just talk about how bad the Seth Jones extension is? Like, I just want to, like... how Kill is the car, which yeah, we're going to get to a little later. I was later, literally just about to say that. I didn't want to sp- didn't want to spoil it, but how in God's green earth is Kale McCarr making less than Seth Jones? Man, how in the sweet lord is that possible? Like, so Chicago just got rid of Duncan Keith's contract. This Seth Jones contract, like at least the Duncan Keith contract was worth it for the majority of the contract. This Seth Jones contract is already not worth it. This is like two and a half million dollars too much. Like, think about this for a second. Seth Jones is going to get paid probably at, at minimum a million and a half more than Dougie Hamilton. That is fucking absurd. What are I, you doing? I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, I, I, I don't, I just straight up don't know. Like, like Chicago has 
they're just such a dog shit organization. I know I've said that so many times, but like, they, they, not only are they, ju- not only do they make terrible life decisions, they make terrible hockey decisions. And uh, like, what? I don't know. They have a, they have a, they have a racist logo. They make terrible hockey decisions, and they're part of one of the ale- alleged, so we don't get sued, biggest cover-ups, you know, in professional sports history. Absurd. Just absurd. Like, I, I, I hate That's them absurd. with all my with all my heart. All right. But then Columbus also then went out and acquired, the, in a one for, <laughs> the trade is one for one. Yeah. Uh, Jake Voracek for Cam Atkinson. So the money is Voracek 8.25 for three more years. And Atkinson, 5.875 for four more years. This screams, like, we knew that there was a shakeup coming in Philly. Um, And in Columbus, they clearly needed some type of shakeup. I really like Cam Atkinson. Yeah, Um, I think this is a great trade for Philly. And what's interesting is Jake Voracek was actually drafted by Columbus and started his career there. He He was involved in the Jeff Carter trade. He was the key piece of the Jeff Carter trade all those years ago. He's the prodigal son returning home. Exactly. And so I think, like, the change of scenery could be good for Voracek. Um, he won't have to deal with that one reporter <laughs> oh, <laughs> anymore. Oh, f- Sam, Sam Karkidi? No, no, the, uh, the one that he, it wasn't Karkidi that he blasted. It was, like, his colleague or something. It was, like, I think his name was Mike or something. And he's, like, it's fucking bullshit, everything <laughs> you say. Claude Giroux blasting Sam Karkidi on Twitter. Oh. Good scoop, Sam. Good scoop. Oh, incredible. And I love how Karkini just tries to double down. He's like, yeah, well, it came from your actual GM who said, you know, they needed a shakeup. So, like, that doesn't... Like, shut up, Sam. You got owned. (laughs) Shut up, Sam. I'm I'm not owned. I'm not owned. You know, it's... uh, I think this is just like a straight... This is a great trade. Atkinson is harder to play against. He's... can play on the penalty kill. There's a little bit more oomph there. Whereas, like, Voracek's like, I will skate and I will score. And I'm bigger, but not as, like... I'm not a torts style player, we'll call it. Uh-oh. Um, Boy, but, but torts yeah. isn't there anymore. Exactly, but torts isn't there anymore. I actually think Voracek will do quite well. Um, I think this like kind of just fits you, what they, could, each team needs, you know? If you could like, sign line A, then you have line A on one line, you've got Voracek on another. Like those are That's a scoring threat on two lines. And then you got, you know, Boquist holding it down from the back end and Wrensky holding it down from the back. Like, you got, at least you got some decent power play units to work with there. There's some good pieces here. Yeah, there's some weapons on and the depending, power play. And I know that we talked about how it's tough for them to keep talent and attract talent and all that, but, like, they have a ton of cap space, too. Like, I yeah. think that they are... I, th- I think they can make some moves. Like, Columbus... Apparently, Columbus is, like, one of the dark horses for uh, Jack Eichel, you know? And they, like they definitely have the assets now. They have the assets they now, and they have, have the, the cap assets. space. Like it's like it's 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 all for the taking for Columbus. I like and, teams. And I like I teams with nothing like to, to lose. Dump on Columbus, but like Columbus is infinitely better than Buffalo as a city. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. Like Goes weather. Saying. Weather alone. Weather alone. Dude, Columbus Cleveland is better. is better than Buffalo. Like at least Cleveland has the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, but like in Buffalo, the weather is. Je- that's where I got like. Oh, it's almost terrible. Got killed when I was driving home from New Jersey. It was in Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo like is, a tra- is a tractor trailer jackknife in a blizzard, and th- like the snow momentum threw me into a ditch. Buffalo is literally like like North America, America's armpit, basically. Like that's that's what it looks like, and that's They're what it really is. Really passionate, it's, and like we should point out, in terms of fan base, like it's the, not the amount. It's not of, their fault they live there. Oh yeah, no, like the amount of money that 
they raise like and do charitable work like all that stuff like it's not an indictment of the people in buffalo but the city itself the fact that it's in between lake erie and lake ontario the fact that the weather is horrendous like it's it's not good guys like it's it's getting eiffel it's getting eiffel towered by two lakes that just that just (laughs) ruins it like from a weather perspective but like the fans of buffalo are awesome like andy dalton an objectively (laughs) shitty quarterback threw a touchdown pass in a meaningless game on a fourth down for a meaningless for a meaningless score that sent the the bills to the playoffs and bills fans raised like a hundred thousand dollars for his charity because of that Like, just to help them out. Like, in a game that didn't even have anything to do with the Bills. Like, that's how good that those fans are. They deserve... Like, look at Dwayne. They deserve the best. Yeah, Dwayne, exactly. Dwayne, like, you could hear the pain in that man's voice. I've Like, that is... when, When we talk about, like, dudes who are down bad... Dwayne was down the down cataclysmic. He was down the worst at that point, a hundred percent. But I think this this trade it works out great for both parties. I think it it serves the needs for both parties. It's a shame that it had to be Atkinson going, just because he seems to be like I was listening he to thirty one. Th- exactly, I was listening to thirty one thoughts podcast this morning, and Elliot was like was just kind of lamenting about how Atkinson's been like the number one cheerleader for for the city of Columbus ever since he got there. He loves it. You know, he, he's been a big fan of it. And it's a shame that, you know, Mr. Columbus kind of had to go. But hey, man, like Voracek, he's been there. You know, he didn't leave on his own accord. So he, he might still like it. And Atkinson, I think, you know, gives him another good piece up front. Rejigs that leadership group that clearly needed some shuffling. Hey, good for them. If you love listening to us here on the Staff and Grab podcast, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle's the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll get you to your own show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get this only for $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge just for your initial setup. We're helping you do the whole thing. So if you're ready to do more than just listen to us talk about your favorite sports team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance of the program is limited, though, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com join. Uh, here, this is a very interesting, uh, very interesting contract extension, uh, especially because it has the digits six and nine prominently it's nice. um, displayed through it. Yes, and it nice. actually is a nice contract yeah. extension. Rachel, I, I'm not sure if you know, but that's the sex number. It uh, trust me, I am well informed about the sex Woo! number. All right, so Kale McCarr, and here's here's one thing that really blew my mind. We didn't hear anything about this until it happened. Usually when this happens, you hear, all right, these two teams are coming to like coming together on agreement or not done yet, but we're making momentum or something like that. Nope. It was all right. We've just signed. We signed one of the best, if not the best defenseman in the league to a six year contract extension, paying him nine million dollars a year. Uh, here you go. There Thank were no you for leaks coming from to my this. TED talk and off we go. <laughs> and uh, here there's a free gift bag under your seat and goodbye. Like that was that was about it. It, it, and I thought that's remark that never happens these days. I'm surprised Frank Cervelli didn't, you know, get his grubby, little, grubby little hands on this. He'll get his claws on this because he has them in everything. Not grubby. I, I'm sure Frank's hands are, are lovely. Frank's he great. could be a hand. He could be a hand model. I'm sure they're lovely. I'm sorry, Frank. That was just a figure of speech. But I'm, I was surprised. And this is a great deal. I think it works great for the player and for the team. This is Rachel. 
God damn it, this is what I wanted the fucking Mitch Marner contract to be. This is what we like, call tidy business. This is, that is, this is what the Mitch Marner negotiation should have been. This is what the Mitch Marner contract should have been. Oh, life is an endless cycle of pain. You're born I mean, screaming it's, it's and then you die. It's also so fucking funny that Jones gets eight by nine and a half and he's older McCarr and is six by nine and like he's a ufa don't you know that okay but kale mccarr is like in a different stratosphere of like this is an unprecedented contract we've never seen a bridge contract like this for a defenseman of this like we've seen matthews get it we've seen marner get it we've seen like uh i want to say sebastian aho maybe like the shorter contracts for forwards, right? Where they end yeah. and they're like 28 years old, 27 years old. It's right? mainly Matthews and Marner because life is pain. Kale McCarr now. Um, like it's, we're going to see Jack Hughes get the same thing. Uh, Quinn as well. Like this is one of those things where it's a defenseman that is getting it. Like he deserves every single penny, if not more, quite frankly. Oh, this is um, underpaid on this deal. Like if this if this is an eight year deal, this is a ten five number. Oh yeah. But this locks him up probably for Colorado's window because Colorado's window is Nathan McKinnon, right? And Nathan McKinnon is is obviously that contract. They're gonna owe him some back pay. Um, That's a great like, way to put it. It's back pay basically. Right. So like people are gonna be like, oh, he's overpaid or whatever. Yep, it's back pay for all of these years. So it's called sh- interest. Shut up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's called interest, buddy. Like. Um. Also, like, this is the they've locked they've just locked him down for what will likely be Kale McCarr's best years, like that, like the like the next six years until he's twenty eight or whatever, like that's that's when he will be on an upward trajectory instead of a slow downward one, and I think that works just about as well as you could hope for, you know? Yeah, like this is you lock Kale McCarr up, I believe, until he's twenty eight. Yeah, twenty eight. So that's like that's so then usually he's going to cash in. Like the cap will be up by then because this is a six year contract. Let's not forget. So the cap will be going up by then. We're talking like his next contract is probably in the neighborhood of twelve or thirteen million dollars. Oh yeah, it, like the the sta- the salary like like environment climate will have been completely changed by then. So like what through so a like thirteen million dollar. I like to look at it as like a a percentage of the cap and like yes. So instead of saying, oh, this player gets like not this many million dollars, it's K, this player gets percentage of cap. Like to me, Kale McCarr is a 10% of the cap guy. Yeah. Right? Like 100%. Or, or 11% of the cap. McDavid's a 15% of the cap guy. Like he's actually just like up way more than that, but that's not allowed. Um, mm. But to, yeah, like this is a fantastic contract extension it, it, and it allows him to cash in. Um, it's probably a million dollars less then, I mean, to me, I would be paying. I, I could live with paying Kale McCarr $11 million, like 100%. Yeah, you could you could go to sleep at night with that. Oh, yeah. Like, I could I could totally do that. I could fuck with that for sure. Um, <laughs> like, he's probably going to win the Norris Trophy next year. He, uh, and in my opinion, should have won it this year. Um, I, I personally thought he was better than Adam Fox. Um and so, like, for me, this is a slam dunk win for both sides. Like, it's a very rare, like, win-win. It's not like a steal for the Colorado, and it's not a gross overpayment. It's like, no, this is exactly what he's worth, and it's a great time frame as well. So, I mean, 
Mm-hmm. If you if Colorado wins a cup or two in the next six years and he has to walk in free agency, then you won a cup or two. So, and you got a couple Norris trophies for that as well. Like you're not just buying Kale McCarr, you're buying potentially a cup. You know, potentially uh, almost not potentially. Like you are buying like at least one Norris trophy. Like it, it's good for you're him. Probably buying good. two or three. Yes, uh, ho- hopefully. Like yeah. if 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 the wor- if the world is just. Um, and finally. Before this just I had, broke. <laughs> this broke during the podcast. It was interesting. Um, Anton Strawman adding to. It's funny is that this broke during the podcast. We were talking about how Arizona is the garbage can so for teams. So now I've actually done the math while we were sitting here. Really? Okay. What's so the math? Anton oh, Strawman goes. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Announce Anton what the Strawman trade is goes first. to Arizona from Florida. Yeah. And, well, it's not just him. It's Anton Strawman, Vladislav Kolyachonok, who's a, a defenseman. He's a big defense when they drafted in uh, I believe the second round of 2018 uh, mm-hmm. and a second round pick in 2024 for a seventh round pick in 2023 so again Arizona is a garbage can yep. um, Arizona now <laughs> has I believe it is 36% of their cap dedicated to like bad money slash dead contracts incredible it's another like he's, he's an, it's another dump. It's a dump because his salary is five point four million. Do you, do we know? And I can't imagine they're paying the whole five point four. Like it has, they're probably like some sort of bonus is already being paid, or or in the back end of his deal, he's not making that much money. Like like it, 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 they can't be they can't like a second round pick in twenty twenty four is not worth you know five point four million. There has to be something in there. Uh, look. I'm all about weaponizing your cap space, but it just feels like Arizona has been in this position like forever, you know? So, uh, no, actually. Really? So wow. he's, this is a three-year deal. It, it expires after this year. He only had a $1 million signing bonus and the base salary is four and a half million bucks. Okay. Well, at least it's like it not as like the, like they're, I'm okay, assuming so, they're, yeah, but they're, they're paying four and a half where it's not, it's not like lad yeah. where it's like the majority of the money has been paid out. Yeah, um, and, or or uh, like any of the other Canucks deals, but here, yeah. So the thing is, is like, look. For example, when the Cleveland Browns were complete ass, they they did a they and these kind of deals are so rare in the NFL because draft picks are like the only way you can get players, so they right. are so much more important. Um, and so they acquired like Brock Osweiler, who is a dog shit quarterback, who was signed to one of the worst the worst contracts free agent contracts ever but they also acquired a second round pick which is like the equivalent of like a first getting a first as a sweetener in in uh okay. in the nhl like second round picks are gold in the in the nfl they're so important um so getting that as a sweetener is nuts like that just shows you how bad the contract was and they used and they used like and that was an uh, they, they were bad and now they're good and that that helped like taking on that contract it helped them you know like it, it they, you know they didn't have to pay a ton of money for it but and they were like, oh, we'll give him a shot. And obviously he was terrible and they cut him. Uh, but they used that second round pick. I don't know exactly who they use it on, but I think it's a player that's still working for them now. Great. Arizona has been doing this for like as literally since we were in middle school, like as long as we can remember. This is insane. Arizona has four second round picks next year. Oh, my God. Their draft capital is nuts. No, it's, it's absolutely insane. Ridiculous. Like they have five was- second round picks next year. No, it's four. Did they did they trade one away? I'm pretty sure it was five last time I checked. 
No, they, they have their own, the Islanders, the Flyers, and San Jose next year. There might be a... The Florida one is not until 2024, and the other pick they got from the Islanders is a third-round pick in 2023. No, next year they have their own, the Islanders, the Flyers... The Flyers and the Sharks. The oh, Sharks and the Canucks. And the Canucks. That is, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So they it's have five second-round picks... <laughs> They, yeah, have they have five, five second round picks next year. It's on. Okay, so I missed it because so the way Cap Friendly has them lined up, yeah. it's like all the picks are on the same line, and then like they have so many seconds that they had to go to a separate line. They had to make like the cell. Like if it's an Excel spreadsheet, they had to expand the cell the to cell. twice the size to include it. Like it's <laughs> insane. Many, so so basically, what's going to happen at next year's draft is. Arizona's going to stand up there and draft a bunch of players in a row, and hopefully it doesn't take three hours to get through the second round. And what's crazy, too, is they only have 31 contracts. Right, like, they could do damage. This is a blank slate. But to be fair, though, they have to re-sign, like, if they want to get Michael Bunting. Like what, Brassard? they got to do Dryden Hunt, um, John Hayden, Lane Peterson. They have... uh, well, once they get Strawman, they will have four defensemen. So they're going to need some defensemen. Yeah, they're going to need a few defensemen if they're not going to re-sign, you know, a Demers or a Goligoski. They're not getting Goligoski back. No, of course uh, not. Yeah, I think he's going to end up in Minnesota. Um, and, Dar- and they they need two goalies because they're, they everyone's yeah. been talking about how Darcy Kemper is a trade candidate and also Antti Ranta is a free agent. You know, like it's... Oh boy, Rachel! Right, this so they're is, gonna and, they and, ha, they're gonna have bring up Barrett Hayton. He's gonna play. Did like, we not talk about how they also have one point two five eight three 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 of uh, Michael Grabner buyout history on the books as well? <laughs> yep, they also have that. Yep. So I like, think come next on, year, man. <laughs> next year they're probably gonna play. Like, okay, so I don't know if Andrew Ladd's gonna play or not, but Barrett Hayton will play. Yanyanik will play. Um, at forward, so they're gonna have to sign a couple forwards. Then on the back end, you've got Victor Sodostrom, um, Kyle Kapabianco. Those are candidates to play, um, and then they probably should figure out their goaltending situation. Yeah, because they have they they don't have a lot. Um, right. So there's some work to be done there, but they certainly have the draft capital to do some things. They have. This is a blank canvas of a team. Like this is. A, they could go anywhere right now, and we know that they're a deeply dysfunctional organization. Um, but look. When it comes to it, like the this, everything has to be qualified here with like a caveat because it's the Arizona Coyotes. Because a, it's the Arizona Coyotes, and b, like I think any in any other context, a team doing this is fantastic. A team in their position doing this is fantastic. They're rebuilding, and they're and they're using their their you know destination as as a dumpster to help accrue like you know these sweeteners to take trash. Fantastic. Maybe they go after somebody like a Pia Suter. Right. Exactly. In Chicago, we just had a fantastic rookie year. They've also been doing this since we were in high school. Like, like, <laughs> I'm, and that's not an exaggeration. They've been doing yeah. like when, when was the, when was the Datsuk trade? Ah, uh, that was, I think my second year of university. It, I'm like, they've been doing this forever. And it was, yeah, it was the Jacob Chikrin draft. Uh, so it's just uh, like. I don't know. I think it's fantastic that they're using they're they're using their ability to do this, but boy oh boy, guys! Like you, like at a, at some point you got to go for it. At some point you got to transition from all right, like we're taking on assets to build for the future. At, at some point the future's got to come, you know. Right. 
like a, there's got to be yeah there's got to be something yeah so let's hope that is but man we're capping off a crazy crazy last little bit of nhl news uh we, we appreciate the podcast on uh wednesday so our our like we're should we record a day early then like no because we potentially have a special guest joining us on oh, Thursday. True. Uh, that's not confirmed, so we're not telling you who it is. We mm-hmm. potentially have someone pretty cool joining us that um, we'd be excited to have on for sure. Um, it's going to be a good show. Let's just put it that way. It'll be a good show, and whether we get this person or not, we're probably going to record a free agency recap anyways mm-hmm. at some point because, and maybe that'll be like next Monday or whatever, uh, and then there will be some time off. Yeah, <laughs> there will be at l- a minimum of two weeks where you don't get podcasts. At least, at least podcasts from Rachel. I might do one just to keep the feed like, busy. But yeah, we'll like see. maybe you get one, but it will not be to a week. That is for sure. Yes, for sure. Yeah, we we look. We're we're human. And beings. it'll probably be like we've got some guests lined up for um, August podcast. So the, it would just be like interview stuff and like talking about like this person's experience, like either in the industry or what they think about where the game is going, um, that kind of stuff. Like we're not doing hard hitting stuff unless there's um, like an Eichel trade. Then of course, yes, we'll do a podcast provided I am like not out in the uh, wilderness. We'll call it the wilderness, but yeah. um, There was a lot of trades that we just discussed. So many. And there's probably going to be more and there's going to be a bunch of signings. It's an exciting time. I love silly season, man. This is my favorite time. Oh, this is extreme silly season. And we um, should probably... uh, We did not touch the Montreal Canadiens situation because Mike has a piece coming out on the Montreal Canadiens. And I have been given permission to write a piece on what drafting Logan Mayu means to aspiring women in hockey and how that makes somebody like me feel and what it feels like to consistently want to be in a sport that just time and time again shows you that it does not give a shit about you. Mm -hmm. So I have that coming and I think it'll be a little bit more, um, it's a better medium because it'll allow me to, really formulate my thoughts. And if you read things that I actually write, um, they're, they're pretty formulated and, and I think it's a better way to get the message across because I'll be honest, like I was really angry and I was really Mm -hmm. hurt. And to everybody, I know a few of you listen, um, to everybody who works within the hockey world that reached out to just check in on me when that happened. Thank you. It, I really appreciate it. It shows me that not everybody in hockey is bad, um, but there need to be more of those people and um, way less of Mark Bergevin, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I barring any um, barring any any you know legal formalities that we got to go through, that hopefully my piece will be coming out soon, um, and I think it will say something very important. Um, probably not gonna be a great day for the Montreal Canadiens but yeah terrible we condemn the pick obviously it's just an absolutely horrible pick from an absolutely horrible organization you know because due to their really really troubling trend of and, what a, they've been doing. And, and a fair warning uh if you're gonna come in my dms 
whether on Twitter don't, just or Instagram at War Replies and try and defend it, I will block you. I don't yep. I usually just use the mute button. I will block you. We will under no circumstances do you need to defend a sexual criminal. You don't you don't do it. And on that note, we've reached the end of the podcast. Follow Rachel on Twitter at Rachel Dory. Don't jump into her DMs, though. Just follow her on Twitter. Um you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Staff Graph. You can follow me on Twitter at MikeyStevens81. Um, the podcast on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on any podcatcher you can possibly find under the sun. Uh, buy your merch on Redbubble, redbubble.com slash staffandgraphshop. And uh, write us a nice review. And if it's going to be mean, at least make it funny so we can laugh at you for being a dork. Rachel, before we head off, anything you'd like to say? Wear a mask, get vaccinated, and use your brain. Incredible. All right. Peace.